Yes, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Tuesday morning. It's the 24th of January, 2023. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. Daniel Pedgrew in the chair. Hope you're all well uh, for your Tuesday morning. Lots to get through. We're broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170, our open line number, and you can text 045773. Six seven three six. All before breakfast with Jimmy Smith, Jalissa Apps, uh, coming up in around about an hour's time with Jimmy and Jalissa. And then, uh, of course, for our Queensland listeners, uh, you'll take the first hour of Jimmy and Jalissa, and then uh, you'll take Patton Heels after 6 a.m. local time. Coming up on the show this morning, Chris Perkins in America will update us with the latest from the NFL. We'll also ask him about this story I mentioned yesterday. And it was mentioned on the breakfast show as well um, about uh, the 160 American players looking to come and save the day if the NRL players do indeed strike. And there's a bit of audio I'm going to play you from 10 News uh, last night with Keely Davis, an NRLW player, and Jamie Sowen uh, before the first break talking about uh, the situation going on. But Chris Perkins will uh, chat to us in about 15 minutes. And then in about half an hour, John Gallo, our football expert, will be on the line to talk all things football. Another big weekend of the EPL with still one more game to come today. And one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 0457736736. Would love to hear from you throughout the course of the show. Uh, we will get to all the sport in a second. We'll start with the tennis. But uh, a couple of years ago, well, a long time ago now, actually, uh, and it came up as a Facebook memory the other day. I think I put it on Facebook in 2011 uh, that I said, I think it was something along the lines of, mark my words, Bernard Tomic will be the next superstar of tennis. Now, I got that one wrong. But it got me thinking, sporting predictions, good or bad? Maybe you want a bit of money out of it. Of course, gamble responsibly. What have been your sporting predictions that have gone brilliantly, terrifically right or horribly, horribly wrong? I think I got that one wrong. He is still playing. He's still got a chance to turn things around, doesn't he? Uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Your sporting predictions, good ones, bad ones. And again, have you won a bit of money out of one? Gamble responsibly. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Is there one worse than me saying Bernard Tomic was going to be the next superstar of Australian tennis 10 or so uh, years ago? 1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Did anyone predict Alex Demonor uh, to win last night? I put on Twitter uh, yesterday uh, before that match. There's been a lot of, and I don't know what the record is, but there's been a lot of five-set matches in the Australian Open this year. Unfortunately, uh, the Demonor-Djokovic match for Demonor uh, wasn't five sets. Straight sets, Novak Djokovic winning in just two hours and six minutes. He won 6-2, 6-1, 6-2, and he was dominant, wasn't he? Um, I watched the majority of it, and he just looked too good, just way too good. Uh, for Demonor, um, who looked okay in the f- opening few games before Djokovic then broke him early on in that first set. And after that, uh, he just ran away with it. And we've been talking over the past few days, um, ever since Rafa got knocked out, Kyrgios, of course, not in uh, the tournament. But we're talking about this next generation of tennis superstars, or tennis stars at least, that it seems to be dominating this Australian Open, at least on the men's side. But... Novak Djokovic is still around, 
He's going for what I think is his 10th Australian Open. Now, he does have that hamstring injury, although a lot of people, uh, a few question marks on it, but he does, uh, let's believe him, does have that hamstring injury. That could hamper him, but he looked good last night. He looked very, very good last night. Um, and he, and he's going to come up against Rublev, who himself went through a five-set thriller yesterday afternoon. Talk to you more about that in just a second. So he's still got some hard matches to come, of course, into the quarterfinals. Uh, you'd imagine that match will be tomorrow night on Rod Laver Arena. But you cannot rule Novak Djokovic out. In fact, I would still say that he is definitely the favourite to take out the whole thing. Lots of good players around, but he's won it nine times. Can he win it a tenth time? Do you want to see Novak win it a tenth time? Or would you like to see someone new win it? And where to for Alex Dimonor? I saw a bit of social media talk this morning about how the fact that he is a good player. I think everyone, well, he's obviously a good player. But can he make that step to be a great player? And most people were, rightly or wrongly, comparing him to Nick Kyrgios and saying, look, if Nick Kyrgios is out there last night against Novak Djokovic, maybe he maybe he doesn't win, but it might be a bit closer than what we saw last night. Now, that might be a bit harsh on Alex Dimonor. Look, um, Djokovic looked very good last night. I don't know if Kyrgios would have beaten him, but I think it does go to cement that whether you like him or not, Nick Kyrgios is still our best hope on the men's side to win a Grand Slam. We saw him make the Wimbledon final last year. Um, it was disappointing he wasn't in this year's Australian Open. So we've still got a lot of depth at Australian tennis. Kyrgios, of course. We've got a Popperin who had a good Australian Open. Demonor, of course, very good. But does that loss last night affect Alex Demonor? He said after the match, I'm a little bit disappointed. I didn't give much for the crowd to cheer on. I think I came up against a very good opponent with a very high level today. I think what I experienced today was probably Novak very close to his best. If that's the level, I think he's definitely the guy that's going to take the title. He was moving pretty well. He hasn't done what he's done in this sport without knowing how to play at this level. So he went on to say he was happy with the summer he's had, but really I want to do better than fourth round at a slam. It's great. I'm happy, but I'm not content. I want more. I want to be in the quarterfinals, be in the semifinals, go really deep. I want to take that next step. That's what I want to do. Says it'll add fuel to the fire. So let's hope so. Let's hope so. Because he's a very classy player, Demonor, but just struggles after we get into that second week. What do you make of it? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Just recapping some of the other results as well before we move on to cricket and rugby league. Um, Sabalenka in uh, her match, uh, the first match up on centre court yesterday, won her match 7 5 6 2 straight sets. Caroline Garcia went down uh, in straight sets as well to Lynette, uh, losing that match. Lynette won at 7 6 6 4. The match I mentioned between Rublev and Holger Rune um, was just. An amazing match. It looked like Rooney was gone for all intents and purposes many times throughout the match, especially in that third or fourth set. He called the trainer out. He had his blood pressure taken. He was apparently having problems breathing. He somehow then managed to win the fourth set, and he had a lot of match points. I think two or three match points in that last set, and he was leading the super tiebreaker 5-love before he went down in the tiebreaker 11-9. And Rublev continuing on to the quarterfinals where he will meet Novak Djokovic. In the end, Rublev winning that match 6-3, 3-6, 6-3, 4-6, 
uh, 7, 6, 11, uh, 11, 9 in that tiebreaker. Uh, so that was just some of the action on day eight. Day nine uh, today, uh, not until a bit later on, after 12.30 p.m., uh, we're going to see a quarter in action against Kachanov. Quarter, I think, a crowd favourite, especially after his performance the other night. Victoria Azarenka back in action as well. Uh, first up against Pagula on uh, Rod Laver Arena as part of the night session. And then Stefano Sitsipas, the highest ranked seed in the competition left. Novak Djokovic, the fourth ranked seed. Uh, he's up against Alichka a little later on tonight. So there you go. That is the quarterfinals first. Uh, day one of the quarterfinals. There'll be some more tomorrow. Thoughts on the tennis? 0457-736-736 or 1300-01-1170 at 9 past 5. 9 past 4 in Queensland. Let us do a big bash update for you now. And this is for the Isuzu MUX. Live your own way in the seven-seat Isuzu MUX. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. And another good night for Steve Smith. Not quite 100, but he managed to get 66 runs off just 33 balls in a brutal knock in the Sixers clash against the Hurricanes last night. Now, the Sixers ended up winning the game by 24 runs off uh, their 20 overs. They made seven for 180. The Hurricanes, in response, uh, could only get to 156 for the loss of eight wickets. But opening of the batting for the fourth consecutive T20 match, Smith smashed four fours and six sixes as the Hurricanes' bowling attack had no answers for the informed right-hander. And it got a lot of the commentary team you know, talking about it on uh, Fox Cricket, about the chances of him opening uh, the batting in T20 down the track. They've got two, of course, test series coming up a uh, little later on, but the T20 World Cup coming up as well next year in the West Indies. Um, we're going to talk later on this week to Andrew Mensel Menes from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. We had a bit of a discussion about this last week, about the possibility of Steve Smith opening the batting at a T20 level uh, for Australia into the future. But this was before what he did on uh, well, last night, but more so on Saturday night. So it'll be interesting to get his take. Um, he has to be in that team, surely. And I think at the way he's playing, probably has to be opening the batting. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And have you been more interested now in the Big Bash that we have had these international stars playing for the past couple of weeks, the Australian stars back into the squad. There's definitely been into the squad. So there's definitely been a rejuvenation of the Big Bash, regardless this year. But have you been more interested? Have you been watching more of it due to the fact you are seeing the likes of Steve Smith in these teams? 0457 736 736 or 1-300-01-1170. The Renegades will take on the Adelaide Strikers. That will be tonight at 7.15pm Sydney time, 6.15 Queensland time. That is the Big Bash update for you. Live your own way in the seven-seat Isuzu MUX. Visit your local Isuzu Ute dealer today. Yeah, it has been very good to see some of those Australian players back in uh, the various squads. Uh, degree of success, but Steve Smith definitely the standout talking point. But as you're interested in the Big Bash gone up a little since those players uh, returned to the squad. As we said, 38,000 people at the SCG last Saturday night. And just before a break, and we'll talk to Chris Perkins in America after a break, uh, 
in between the tennis. I flicked the 10 news uh, last night. Uh, Keely Davis, an NRLW player, and Jamie Sowen, of course, former Dragon star, won a competition with the Dragons. He's now the NRLW coach. Uh, we're talking about the situation uh, that we know that has been ongoing for quite a while between the NRL and the RLPA. Wade Graham was on breakfast here last week. A divided public opinion, it has to be said, and Clint Newton the same with Matt White last Thursday morning. Let's just have a listen to what Keely Davis first, uh, the NRLW player, said, and also Jamie Sound said about the situation. This was on 10 News last night. Most of us work full-time jobs, so we obviously need to get them sorted to um, be able to play footy and to not know what club we're at and to not know um, what terms and conditions we're signing into is insane. Hard to try and sell your vision and how you want to play and you know, the style when you don't know the, the players that you're going to have. Whatever's going on between both parties, you know, some of the stuff needs to be pushed a little bit more urgent. And I feel like, you know, the girls definitely needs to be, you know, one of the top priorities. Okay, so that was on 10 News uh, last night. Agreed, the, especially the last bit that Jamie said there. And Jamie will actually be a guest on Brex with Jimmy and Jaleesa coming up after 6am this morning. Um, it does need to be pushed through. Uh, it is now becoming much more of a distraction than I think anyone thought it would. Still a bit of talk about strike action. Not not a lot, but still a bit of talk about strike action. And it is proving to be, well, a distraction. I don't know if it's a distraction as such for the players because we, we're not in uh, uh, camp with the players. We're not at training with the players each and every day. But it must be, you'd have to think, some sort of a distraction. But it's a whole distraction for the whole game. As I said yesterday, there was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek story, but it may well be true, uh, in the Daily Telegraph. And we'll ask Chris Perkins about it in a moment about the fact that these 160 American NRL player, American rugby league players would come to Australia to play if the NRL players did strike. I still find that, and Michael Carrianos was saying it last week on The Breakfast Show, unlikely. But it just continues on, and it continues to be a distraction. And it's what we've been talking about a lot over the past uh, week or so here on the station. And we're only a couple of weeks away from the pre-season challenges, as, as they like to call it, and only five weeks away from the NRL season starting properly. Um, do you reckon this is just going to continue to prove to be a distraction over the next few weeks? And whose side are you on? I know last week it was basically on the NRL side. Um, I'm sure that, look, the, look, I think half the problem is, as we said last week, um, the players... Uh, are not they're not really explaining well the RLPA are not really explaining too well um, exactly what exactly they want. Um, Clint Newton helped that out a bit last week on Matt White's show. Um, I still find this match fee payment that uh, Michael Carrianos brought to our attention last week for getting paid two thousand dollars for every game they play very strange. But whose side are you on? Has your mind changed over the past few days? Are you leaning more towards the player side? You more on the NRL side, or do you just want it sorted one way or another? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. As I say, Jamie Soward, NRLW Dragons coach, will be on breakfast with G uh, Jimmy Smith and Jalissa Apps after 6 o'clock this morning. Uh, so, plenty to talk about the tennis, the rugby league. Whose side are you on? Has your interest in the Big Bash gone up with these international stars? 0457 736 736 or one 1170 And your sporting predictions gone right or very wrong? 
on the back of me saying 10 or so years ago, Bernard Tomic was going to be the next superstar of Australian tennis. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. We'll take a break. On the other side of this, we'll cross to America and have a chat with Chris Perkins. It's 16 past five in New South Wales, 16 past four in Queensland. It is 20 past five in New South Wales, 20 past four in Queensland. 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call anytime, 1300 011170. We'll get to your text shortly. Talking about sporting predictions gone very wrong, very right. On the back of me saying Bernard Tomic would be a superstar in tennis in about 10 years. The cricket have uh, you, about 10 years ago, uh, the cricket, have you been more invested in the Big Bash uh, since the Australian players? went back to play for their various sides. Have you been watching more of it? In particular, what Steve Smith has done, 66 last night as well, off 33 balls in uh, the win to the Sydney Sixers. And the Rugby League Players Association versus NRL continues on. I played you a bit of audio uh, from the news last night. I'll play it for you again after we speak to Chris Perkins. Um, are you on the NRL side? Are you on the players' side? Has your mind changed at all about this? Or are you just getting a little sick of it and just want to get it, uh, see it, get it done and dusted? And would it be proving a distraction for the players? It has to be of some sort. Oh uh, four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. As I say, we'll get to your text, your calls shortly. Uh, but for now, let's cross to Chris Perkins, our freelance sports reporter over uh, there in America. Chris, a very good morning to you. Oh, good morning. Happy Tuesday to you down there. Thank you. Happy uh, Monday to you. Now, just before we get on to the NFL, I uh, sent you this story this morning that I touched on yesterday about these 160 rugby league players that are wanting to come and save the day if the NRL players do go on strike. Now, whilst it's you know a lovely offer and it's a great offer for them to do that, let's hope uh, this doesn't have to happen. But I, I said yesterday, and, and let's uh, take it for what it is, it won't happen. But it would actually be good promotion for the American Rugby League. But how do you reckon the American players will get on in the NRL down here? Uh, well, depending. Are they going to be the only ones or <laughs> would, would there be would there be other scabs from lower levels in Australia? Well, uh, yeah. Joining the league? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if we'd get uh, lower players from the reserve grade players here. We might get players from – we might get players from – just everywhere around the world, Chris. It might just be no NRL players, but it might be an international-flavoured rugby league season. It, it could be. Now, Now, if, if there's no Australians from lower levels, they might do okay. Do you honestly think that an Australian Labor government is going to have a migrant worker program for rugby league and allow them to bring in strike breakers? Mm, yeah, I think that... I, I think, I think politically... There would be some political issues there, I think. There could with, with that that idea of getting off the ground. There could be, but you you know how important sport is in this country, so I, re- I reckon it would happen. But look, it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's listen. Hey, the the AFL's got to be looking at this. Say, yeah, NRL, just go ahead, go, just go on strike. We, you know, we'll we'll fill in the gaps for you. Uh, we'll we'll take care of everybody's football needs while y'all are arguing about money. We'll. We'll keep playing. Maybe they make more inroads in New South Wales and Queensland. Yeah, let, let's let, let's hope the NRL doesn't strike. Um, all right, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the NFL. We're not too far away uh, from the Super Bowl in a few weeks' time. Tell us about this weekend, uh, Chris. What stood out for you? Yeah, we're twenty days away from yep. Super Bowl Fifty Seven, Glendale, Arizona. We are down to our final four. Uh, the Cowboys are gone. 
once again, the seventh straight time they've lost a division round game. They have made a conference championship game since 1995. Mm. Uh, they lose 19 to 12 in, in what was basically, I termed a rock fight. Uh, against the San Francisco 49ers yesterday. Uh, Dak Prescott, a couple of interceptions. One wasn't his fault. One was totally his fault. Threw in the double coverage in the red zone. That is a cardinal sin. you got to protect the ball there. But, yeah, the Cowboys go down. And, and I'll tell you, the last sequence, their, their last couple of series, a uh, um, couple of uh, mind-blowing plays. Uh, mm. Time clock management issues. uh uh, Mike McCarthy didn't call a timeout after a sack on, on third down, allowed the clock before the Cowboys punted uh, to run down close to the two-minute warning that they, when they had all three timeouts, uh, wasted some time there. And then their final drive, they get it back with 45 seconds left and no timeout, and it was like the Cowboys had totally checked out mentally. Mm. Uh, uh, their tight end made a couple of boneheaded plays, wasted some time, wasted some yardage. And then the last play, go look at the last play of the game. When you see Zeke Elliott snapping the ball, mm. something's totally messed up there. <laughs> that, that was how that, the Cowboy game ended. Uh, a big surprise, Buffalo barely made a, made a peep against Cincinnati on their home ground in Buffalo yesterday. Was- lost 27 to 10. So we've got a, a Chiefs, uh, Bengals rematch in the AFC championship game coming up on Sunday in Kansas City. Uh, the uh, same site as last year in the AFC championship game where Cincinnati came back from 18 down to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Now, was that Bill's ba- uh, Bengals game the game where it was snowing I saw yesterday? Uh, yeah, it was snowing. The, mm. the weather was a little gnarly up in western New York yesterday. Not By Buffalo standards, that was a flurry. Uh, okay. It wasn't that huge of a deal. I mean, that that's nothing. That that is nothing. I mean, you you we've seen storms recently in Buffalo where they got eight ten inches of snow on the ground. Yesterday was a flurry. When you can see when when the footprints when the footprints are left and you can see the green field, that's not much of a snowfall in Buffalo. It really isn't. All right, okay. I mean, look, look whatever. Mind you, it has to be said that we've only had one game ever played in the snow in the NRL about 22, 23 years ago now. So we're not used to it, uh, but it was good to see anyway. So who's your favourite? We know the Super Bowl you mentioned is 20 days away. Um, you are a betting man. Of course, you always bet responsibly, though, Chris. But if you had to make a prediction yeah. right now, and I know it's hard, who would you be leaning towards to take the whole thing out? Oh... Hard question, wow. I know, I know. I make, I know. I'll make, um, I can make a case for all four teams. Okay. There, there is a legit case to be made for all four of them. Cincinnati scares me going into Kansas City. Cincinnati has no fear playing mm. in Kansas City. They've beaten the Chiefs three straight times. This will be their fourth meeting in two seasons, uh, the Bengals and the Chiefs. Philly and San Francisco is going to be a knockdown dragout between two elite defenses. The matchup in that one to watch is going to be uh, Nick Bosa against Jordan Mailata, one-on-one on the edge. If Mailata just plays to a stalemate against the best edge rusher in football, I think the Eagles win. But if Nick Bosa is wreaking havoc in the backfield, the Niners will pull, will, will take that game. Whoever gets there, they're going to earn it, and it's going to be a great Super Bowl. My heart 
in my heart, I want to see Kansas City against Philadelphia because it'll be the Andy Reid Bowl. Of course, Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, brought the Eagles to prominence, took them, uh, coached the, the Eagles to four straight NFC championship games back about 15 years ago mm-hmm. and, and a beloved figure in Philadelphia. So to see Andy Reid in what could theoretically be the final game of his coaching career to coach a Super Bowl against his former team, the Eagles, uh, that, that makes for a couple of weeks of nice headlines. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it'll be very, very interesting to see. Now, just before I let you go, uh, and we'll talk again on Friday, but uh, you gave your Australian Open predictions last week. You're a keen fan of tennis now. Uh, I did let you change the Kyrgios one once he was ruled out with injury. Sits a pass, still in action. He'll be in a quarterfinal later tonight, our time. So you still got a chance to get at least 50% right, but you did go for Iga Swiatek, who unfortunately for you uh, got bundled out a couple of days ago. Yeah, yeah, that one hurt because I I thought Ega was a, a virtual lot, top seed, and, and had been dominant the back half of last year. Um, had absolutely run roughshod over women's tennis the, the last six months of last year. Um, and just, you know, things happen in a tournament. It's single elimination. You have one, one slightly off day, and you get bundled out of the tournament. It, it happens. It, it hurts. But again, if I can if I can go fifty percent strike rate like I did last year, I'm happy. I'll take it. Uh, oh, let's yes. go sit the bus. Yeah. Uh, I'm all. Uh, I I am Greek this week. Yes, I'm sure you are. Although I have to say, just before we let you go, one of the crowd favourites here has been uh, Sebastian Corder. How good has he been playing? He's in action again this afternoon as well. Of course, his dad won in a 1998. Very famous sporting family. So I'm sure there'd be a bit of you mm-hmm. that would like to see him go all the way as well. Wouldn't mind that. Wouldn't mind seeing seeing the next generation, a, a next generation guy, uh, come up kind of out of nowhere too. Men's tennis has been so dominated uh, you know, by by the the big three: Joe uh, Djokovic, Nadal, Federer, uh, maybe a little bit of Medvedev. But you know, to see somebody other than the regular names uh, win a win a title would be great. Yeah, it will be, although Novak's still there and looked very good last night against Alec Dimonor. Thank you, Chris. We will have a chat again on Friday Preview, another big weekend of sport in America, and we'll see if Sitsipas is still there. We'll, we'll see. My fingers crossed, and like I said, I am Greek all week. Yes, thank you, Chris. Have a good uh, couple of days. We'll chat again on Friday morning. Chris Perkins in America chats to me every Tuesday and Friday morning. Just gone 5.34.30 in Queensland, 0457 736 736 or 1300-01-1170. Asking you your sporting predictions gone right or wrong. Uh, I'll get to a couple of those texts in a moment. Are you interested in the cricket? Uh, Steve Smith, uh, Steve Smith, six. 66 off 33 balls last night. Has your interest in the Big Bash gone up over the past couple of weeks since we've seen some of those Australian stars return? And the NRL versus the RLPA. Uh, it keeps going on and on. On 10 News uh, last night, I played this bit of audio uh, for you a little while ago, but for people just waking up, uh, Keely Davis, NRLW player, and Jamie Soud was speaking. Uh, let's have a listen to what they had to say about the current situation. Most of us work full-time jobs, so we obviously need to get them sorted to um, be able to play footy and to not know what club we're at and to not know um, what terms and conditions we're signing into is insane. Hard to try and sell your vision and how you want to play and you know, the style when you don't know the, the players that you're going to have. 
whatever's going on between both parties, you know, some of the stuff needs to be pushed a little bit more urgent. And I feel like, you know, the girls definitely needs to be, you know, one of the top priorities. So the NRLW players, uh, that was from 10 News last night, the NRLW players uh, contracted at the moment four months of the year. They're pushing to be contracted all year round. Uh, hopefully, one way or another, this gets sorted. And Jamie Soward, as I say, will be on breakfast after six with Jimmy Smith and Jaleesa Apps as well uh, around uh, 6.45, 5.45 Queensland time. Uh, a text here from Kingswood Welder saying, good morning, uh, Mr. Nutshell. Uh, my viewing of the Big Bash has not, cha not changed uh, yeah, with the addition of uh, some extra players uh, returning to their respective teams. Still no cricket allowed in the Kingswood Welder's home. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you, Kingswood Welder. Uh, and a couple of prediction texts. We'll get to them after the break. We'll also speak football. A manager has been sacked in the last few hours in the English Premier League. We'll talk about it next with John Gallo. It is 27 to 6, 27 to 5 in Queensland. Let's back to your text in a second. 0457 736 736. 1300 0111 70 is our open line number. Asking you about the tennis. Where to now for Alex Demonor after last night? And do you want to see Novak go all the way and win the whole thing? Or would you like to see someone else win it? I think I'd quite like to see someone else win it. But... He's looking good, isn't he? Even with that uh, hamstring injury. The cricket, the Big Bash, have you been more invested over the past couple of weeks with the Big Bash, with some of the superstars uh, coming back into the squad? And the situation uh, with the NRL and the RLPA continues. Uh, I played you a bit of audio earlier uh, from Keely Davis, an NRLW player, and also Jamie Soward. Uh, are you getting a bit sick of it, or has your mind changed? Are you more on the player's side? More so now than last week. And your sporting predictions have, that you've got right and that you've got wrong. I said about 10 years ago that Bernard Tomic would be the next superstar of tennis. I got that very wrong. 0457 736 736, although he did go on I'm a Celebrity. Uh, 1300 01 1170. That's all before Jimmy Smith, Jaleesa Apps coming up with breakfast uh, in around about 20 minutes time from now. But let's talk football with John Gallo. He's on the line now. Good morning, John. Morning, Dan. Uh, how, how, how's, uh, how's your lovely weekend been? Uh, yes, it was a very uh, good, interesting uh, weekend. What about yours? Yes, very good weekend, mate. Very, very good weekend. I put the cape back into the closet and, uh, yeah, going uh, going again for another full week of work. Good. So, exciting time. Glad glad to hear it. Glad you had, you had, you had a very good um, and unexciting and nothing happened uh, that was different over the weekend. Uh, now, someone who didn't have a good weekend or a good start of the week, it appears, is Frank Lampard, sacked as Everton manager. Yeah, so most unsurprising breaking news you'll probably hear today is uh, Frank Lampard being sacked by Everton and Look, I think it was coming for some time, probably at least over a month. The, uh, the noise grew louder and louder each and every weekend when Everton uh, came out with pretty dismal performances and obviously dismal results. They've only won you know, three games all up this season. They've had a, a real rough break of, of form and uh, just you know, see them right sitting into the relegation dogfight yet again. They just missed out last year by a point or two and were very, very fortunate then. But uh, unfortunately, the luck hasn't gone on his side this season. I think... For Frank Lampard, I think it's, it's a good thing for both parties. I think Frank Lampard will look back on this as something that was a good move for the club to make because I think Everton as a football club, as a playing group, needs to move on now and uh, and find their next manager, um, whoever that may be. But for, for Frank Lampard's point of view as well, I think he needs to move on. He looked a very stressed uh, individual a few times in that dugout last couple of weeks and a man under, under a lot of pressure. So I think it will do him the world of good as well. So... 
who's the next man in the job. There's been a few names thrown around. Uh, obviously, Sean Dyche, the former Burnley manager, has been the number one pick. Uh, David Moyes, the West Ham manager, has been picked to go back to his former club. And uh, Marcelo Bielsa, the former Leeds United manager, has been touted as going back there as well. But uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens there. It is unusual, just before we get to the weekend just gone, it is unusual uh, for Everton. I know they struggled last year as well, but you never look. And if you're just a casual Premier League fan, or a bit more than a casual one, but if you are just a casual Premier League fan and you look at the ladder and you see Everton in the relegation zone, no one would ever really expect to see them there. No, and if you've been following football a long time, Everton has got a, a wonderful history, particularly when it comes to the FA Cup and the, uh, mm. the English League Cup as well over time. Um, so they've got a, a big history, a big fan base on the Merseyside as well. And I think that's what uh, has kind of been part of his downfall a little bit, Frank Lampard. He never really came in there and convinced the Evertonian fans that he was really the man for the job. He, he became a little bit inexperienced as well. Uh, and I think that inexperience started to tell in the last couple of months as well. So, yeah, it's a big club. You don't expect them to be in relegation, that's for sure. And if they were to go down, it'd be a big blow not only to Everton Football Club, but I also think to the Premier League. The Merseyside derby between Everton and Liverpool that's going to be played in a couple of weeks' time is one of the biggest derbies uh, in, in world football. And mm. just to see Everton struggling in that relegation zone at the moment, uh, it would be a bad sight for, for English football. It'll be interesting to see who uh, they bring in and if they can get them out of that relegation zone in the second part of the season. All right, let's go through some of these games that were played on the weekend. We already discussed on Friday morning, uh, Crystal Palace and Man United won all draw. At Man City 4 over Tottenham 2 on Friday morning. Seems like a long time ago, but a good win for Man City. But from memory, and it does seem like a long time ago now, uh, they did come from behind to win this game. Yeah, they did. Tottenham found themselves up 2-0 at half-time. Uh, wonderful start to the game and kind of against the run of play a little bit as well. As expected, Tottenham were defending for large periods of that first 45 minutes but managed to get two goals up. And you thought from there on in the second half that it was going to play perfectly into Spurs' hands. All they had to do was park the bus and see the game out if they could. And that's never easy against the Man City side. Uh, we've seen Man City on four or five separate occasions this season already come from behind and get the winner. So it's not a, a huge shock when you see Man City do that. Um, but, gee, when they scored four in the space of 45 minutes in the second half, I think the uh, the whole Tottenham team was absolutely stunned alongside everyone else in the stadium. Um, whatever was there was half-time by Pep Guardiola was obviously to revitalise the team, and it did exactly that. Mares, Grealish, Haaland just found so much form in that second half and really lifted this Man City side out of a, a potential uh, title you know, dismiss his side. I mean, this, this whole title could have been thrown down the bin. It had, you know, Man City lost this game. Arsenal obviously end up winning the game against United, which we'll speak about a little bit later. And I think that could have been the end for the title challenge for, for Man City. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what a reaction and, uh, and what a form in the end for Man City. Great result, great three points. And for Tottenham, it mounts pressure on Conte. Um, you know, it was a real showcase of the fact that Conte's way of playing hasn't really worked well with a lot of Spurs players. And unfortunately for him, that, uh, that proved to be true. Uh, with that second half performance, they dished up against Man City. And Tottenham in action again a little later on this morning. We'll get your thoughts on that in a second. Uh, just uh, very often uh, we skip nil all draws, but I just want to ask you about this, and I'm not sure uh, if you caught this game on Saturday night or not, but Liverpool and Chelsea nil all, and it just sums up to me where both of those teams are at, both teams that we expect to be a lot higher on the ladder having pretty poor years. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a few new draws this weekend, actually. So um, there's quite a, a weekend of draws. But, yeah, I think Liverpool and Chelsea, this one was a really 
deflated, uh, I suppose, result for both managers. I think for, for both, you know, Graham Potter and, and Jurgen Klopp, they would have expected to try and bounce back and get their season started if they were able to win this game. And that's how important these three points would have been for both sides. Uh, but a, a draw just seems like a little bit deflating for, for both managers and it's not really what they both would have wanted, uh, to mm. be honest. But I think for Chelsea, they'll probably slightly end up being the more disappointed out of the two managers just because of the fact that I think that first 45 minutes, they really came at Liverpool heavy and Liverpool had some really shocking defence as well in that first 45 minutes. And unfortunately for Liverpool, that's been a common theme throughout this season. But um, they just couldn't take their chances. Chelsea uh, just failed in front of goal on quite a few different occasions in the second half kind of petered out a little bit there as well. So, yeah, unfortunately, I think a draw was, was probably the expected result um, based on the balance of play. But I think Chelsea would be slightly more disappointed. I think Graham Potter is a manager who's under a lot of pressure at the moment. I know Jurgen Klopp is as well for Liverpool fans, but the fact that, you know, obviously Liverpool have done very well under him in the last five years probably gives Jurgen Klopp a little bit more leeway than it does Graham Potter for Chelsea. So, yeah, a, a dismal draw, and it really goes to show the struggles that these teams have had all season. Leicester City and Brighton had a two-all draw. We saw Aston Villa 1 over Southampton nil. West Ham 2 defeated Everton at nil, and that really summed up the situation for Frank Lampard, who's now been at sacked. Bournemouth at Nottingham Forest had a one-all draw. We saw Crystal Palace and Newcastle nil all. Man City yesterday, very convincing against Wolves 3 nil. Yeah, well, Pep Guardiola, after the game against Spurs on the weekend, and they won 4-2, he came out and he wanted a response from his plays. He said it wasn't good enough. That result, despite you know, coming back and scoring four goals in the space of 45 minutes, he said he was not impressed throughout the course of this season in general, the way his players have, have dished out some very sluggish performances. You know, he criticised the players for not showing enough passion and, and energy throughout the course of this season, which I have to agree with. Man City had not been the same Man City we've seen in the past seasons under, under Pep Guardiola. Um, but he, they came out, they responded to that criticism in that second half against Wolves. But credit to Wolves, I think the first 45 minutes, they made it difficult for Man City. They didn't give them much space or time on the ball. But eventually the wave of attack just really took its toll on Wolverhampton defence. So a good three points for Man City. Leeds and Brentford had an ill-all draw. And what about this game? Uh, you heard it here on SEN yesterday morning. Arsenal 3, Man United 2. Arsenal coming back from behind and getting uh, the winner in injury time. Yeah, well, this had, you know, the mid-90s, early 2000s, Arsenal-Man United fixture of, of the heyday all over. It was absolutely a brilliant game. Uh, probably would go for the game of the season, I'd say, already um, from what we've seen. And I think this Arsenal team has really shown that mental fortitude and that real attitude to, and desire to win games. And, you know, they came back early from a 1-0 down to a goal early on, and they came back at it. And a great goal from Bakuya Saka. Martinelli, fantastic again. And Eddie Nketa, who's been you know, a real feature this season for Arsenal when Gabriel Jesus was injured. Uh, and Kedia had a few doubts you know, out there from a few Arsenal fans as to whether he'd be quite the man to step up. And he's done exactly that. He's found the goals and he's found himself in wonderful positions to finish it off. And he did exactly that. I think Arsenal really show now their title credentials this season. And uh, really, I think it's, it's theirs to lose at the moment. Mm. Uh, I know there's only a five-point five point gap between themselves and City. And... With the City team, I mean, the City team is a real and amazing team. But I think Arsenal at the moment, the way they've been showing that fight and that real mental toughness to get themselves back into the game and get the lead, it was a real uh, show of, of how far they've come under Mikel Arteta in the and, last 12 to 24 months. And just quickly today at 7am, uh, the last game of this uh, round of the Premier League, Fulham up against Tottenham. Can Tottenham bounce back from the game on Friday morning? I think they're going to have to, but I don't know. I think Fulham might get the result here. Um, I think the pressure is going to mount on Conte. There's a lot of talk Conte has already 
uh, not going to re-sign at, at Tottenham at the end of the season. So I think that's a big blow for Spurs. I think Fulham might get the win here. All right. Now, there's no Premier League coming up this weekend, but uh, there will be a stack of FA Cup uh, results or games coming up. So we'll preview them with you on Friday uh, morning. Looking forward to that. John, have a wonderful uh, day. We'll speak again on Friday. Talk soon. Yeah, talk soon. John Gallo, our football expert here on Tradies News in a nutshell. And just through the results as well in the A-League from the course of the weekend uh, just gone. Uh, We saw on Friday night, Adelaide United won over MacArthur nil. Uh, Western United 1 defeated Sydney FC nil. Disappointing result there for Sydney FC. Uh, Brisbane Royal Melbourne City had a nil all draw. Uh, Perth Glory 3 defeated Melbourne. Victory 1. Both teams getting players sent off in uh, that match. Wellington Phoenix 2. They got up over the Central Coast Mariners 1 on Sunday. And the Newcastle Jets and the Western Sydney Wanderers had a one all draw on Sunday as well. The A-League returns actually in a couple of days' time on Australia Day uh, on Thursday night. Uh, Melbourne Victory taking on Sydney FC. So we'll talk to John again on Friday about all of that. And we do that all for Makita this season. Uh, Makita is helping you rule the outdoors. Uh, it's coming up to almost 10 minutes to 6 o'clock. Just a text about sporting predictions. Uh, this from Arthur from Pannington. Most experts prediction gone wrong. Graham Hicks, England career. Now, Arthur, I have to admit, I have heard of him slightly before my time, but I did a bit of reading while we are speaking to Chris and uh, John. Uh, I think he was a very good player, but there were mixed thoughts on him, uh, weren't they? Uh, um, anyway, Graham Hick uh, retired, I think, uh, playing about 35 test matches, I think I uh, saw there. Uh, made his debut in 1991 for the England side. Thank you for that text, uh, Arthur. Keep them coming in, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. We'll take a break, come back with more. It's 10 to 6 in New South Wales, 10 to 5 in Queensland. Yeah, and on the text, 0457-736-736, Yeovil Truman says, Hi, Dan. Would like to see Sitsipas go all the way. Of course, he is in action later on tonight. After previously making the semifinals three times before, can see a final against Novak Djokovic with, hope, with, with hopefully a win for Sitsipas. That from the Yeovil Treeman. Yes, uh, it would be good to see someone else win it, but uh, Novak is looking hard to beat. But Sitsipas looking to be in good form as well. He's in quarterfinal action tonight at the Australian Open that you'll hear here on SEN. Uh, the West Tigers have increased their half step for the upcoming NRL season by signing Canterbury utility Brandon Wakeham. Wakeham has been signed to a one-year deal with the Tigers, signed yesterday as a backup for the first-choice halves. Veteran coach Tim Sheen signed the 24-year-old after being impressed with his performances last year. Uh, so a bit of depth there for the Tigers. Coming up on breaks with the with Jimmy Smith and Jaleesa Apps, uh, Dragons coach, NRLW coach Jamie Soward will be on the line. Brett Phillips will wrap up the tennis and also Lee Hedgepantelis from Bryden's Lawyers will join them as as well. Uh, our Queensland listeners, you'll take the first hour of them uh, before you get pat and heels from 6am local time. Thanks for your company today. I'll be back with you tomorrow from 5am. Breakfast follows the news. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day.